Yo, what's up? This is Will Blackman, and this is Upsets and Underdogs, presented by WinBet. This is the show where we dive into the world of sports betting and discuss the best lines, the top props, and of course, the most intriguing underdogs. Today, we have Hall of Famer Chris Carter on the show. I'm super excited for that. I'm going to bring him in in a hot minute. Uh, we're going to break down the top dogs of week four of the NFL season and pick our underdog of the week. It's going to be so dope. And I just want to mention every other Friday, we're bringing in a series of audio only episodes telling you the stories of the biggest upsets in sports history. This Friday, I'll be telling you the story of Stanford's upset victory over USC in 2007. It was a crazy game. And at the time it was played, it was one of the biggest point spread upsets ever. And before we get going, I'm going to bring in my guy, Nick Deus. Nick, what is the word? I'm about to put you on the spot, Will, because last week, while you were recording the narrative episode about the Stanford Cardinal, you tweeted this out. Wait, it's Stanford Cardinal, not Cardinals, as in singular. <laughs> then Richard Sherman chimed in, which is funny because he's a part of this story that you're going to be telling on Friday. And he said, as in the color. So this got me thinking. There's actually a good handful of teams in pro sports and in college that have singular team names. I'm going to put you on the spot, give you a little quiz. I'm giving, you, I'm giving you 30 seconds. 30 seconds? I'm, yeah, 30 seconds. And we're here are the rules. We're excluding soccer teams because most of them are singular. You're going to NFL and college? All sports, pro sports. All, and I get 30 All right, whatever. And I'm setting <laughs> the over-under at four and a half teams. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you a countdown. All right. Ready? Five, four. I got to think of four teams. Four, well, you got to get five for the over. All right. So it's four and a half. I'm middling you right now. All right. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> teams that are singular. Um, fighting Irish. Um, nope, nope, nope. There's one you have to nope. get. Nope. 30 seconds is not enough time. That's so hard because everyone's plural. Who is it? And the Washington football team. You played for them. No, I didn't play for the football team. I played for the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the Boston other Red Sox. That's tough. Chicago that's a hard White one. Sox. That's a hard one. That doesn't. That's stupid. Miami Heat, Oklahoma City one. Thunder, Thunder's a good Magic, one. Jazz, Magic, Jazz. Damn! Shutout, goose egg. Yeah, but you didn't know this until you researched it. Obviously, that's why I put you on the spot and I wasn't on the but spot. But you gave me 30 seconds. I got to scan college pros, football and basketball. That 30 seconds to scan that, that is that wasn't enough time. <laughs> Anyhow, that's annoying. I'm, I'm mad about that. <laughs> All right. So in conclusion, tune in. On Friday for this special episode. You don't want to miss it. The NFL season is here. Kick it off right with WinBet on the WinBet mobile app. You get access to unique markets like NFL yardage leaders and exact season wins. That's W Y N N B E T to set the odds in your favor. 
Download now and start winning with WinBet. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's bring in today's guest. I am beyond stoked and excited because growing up, I used to watch all these NFL films, and this is the reason why I decided to play football was to see all these legends. Please welcome arguably the greatest hands in NFL history and Hall of Famer and host of Blue Wire's Wide Receiver One podcast, Chris Carter. What is happening, oh, good, my man? Bro. My little puppy. She's trying to get in. Lola, say what up <laughs> to the people. Say what up. What up. You said Lola? Lola, Lola what's Lola. happening? How you doing? I'm though? Good, you good? Man. I'm good. You're doing some good stuff in the media, man. That's great to see. Listen, I'm trying to I'm trying to make it happen. You know, part two is is challenging, man. You gotta, you know, continue to reinvent yourself, man. So I'm I'm stoked about this opportunity. But listen, so first, tell us what wide receiver one is. Tell us about that. Well, it's a podcast that, that we started um, in conjunction with Blue Wire, um, someone you're familiar with, and thank God we have a sponsor and and win, win bet. Um, so it's about wide receivers. And when you look at trying to emerge in the broadcasting world, if it's going to be by a podcast or something like that, you know, it's really hard to create a niche. You know, for me, I didn't want to do anything just to be doing it, but I still wanted to stay out there and trying to create a unique angle. So for me, there was nothing out there specifically for wide receivers. Um, that's what the conversation right. is about on and off the field what drew them to the position. And, you know, a lot of people, they draw the conclusion because it's called wide receiver one. Is it about, you know, what does it take to be a number one wide receiver? That has something to do with it. But it was the name that we came together with. Um, we thought it would be catchy. And everyone's wondering, okay, what does it take to be on Chris Carter's wide receiver one? And um, it's been great. It's been the first season. Um, the guys have been really uh, – you know, to me, you know, if guys don't give it, they're all, you know, typically you see guys doing a lot of media, but the guys, right. when they sign up, they're really signing up to talk about the game, to promote the game, promote the things they're involved in. And they've really engaged in it um, in, in a way that I'm very, very uh, proud of. No, that's dope. But you know what? That also goes along with just how you were. As a player, because I remember going way back. I mean, even, you know, you knew Larry Fitzgerald from him growing up, you know, being from Minnesota. You also did a lot of, you know, helping with Randy Moss. So you were always big on reaching out to the younger guys and definitely like just giving them the game. So it's really cool that you bring all these rock stars on your podcast. Already. Well, I just think it, it was important, you know, guys like Mike Quick, guys like Kenny Jackson. Um, Keith Jackson, he came the year after after I was drafted, and we were very, very good friends. And then coming to Minnesota, guys like Anthony Carter, Steve Jordan, they really taught me the way the game should be played. Um, as you know, it's always important to interpret what the coach is saying um, because right. what a coach says um, and what goes in your ears and in your head, there are a lot of different variables. And, and <laughs> I'm telling you. You can have someone <laughs> – that can interpret that or there's a lot of things coming out of college that you think are successful and you really think are going to get you to the next level and they won't because they won't work in pro football so that was taught to me you know not only by the legendary players that we've played this game 
I mean, because you play in the NFL, you, you're a legend. All right. You've made it all the parks, right. recreation, the mom and dads. And yeah, 1% and of 1%. Right. <laughs> and um, I really try to show that not only with the players on the field, guys like Tom Moore, um, uh, Brian Billick, um, all the guys, Axe, Axe Hubbard, who coached me, Charlie Baggett, Ray Sherman. I mean, a lot of a lot of people go into having a successful yep. um, career. No, and I want to just before I move on, I want to touch on that part because that's I remember my rookie year uh, in Green Bay. And one of the coaches was, you know, he was talking a certain way and I just didn't understand mm -hmm. like like what he was what he was doing. So I kind of bit back a little bit. Right. So I remember Al Harris pulled me to the side. He's like black. He said, you got to play the game, bro. He said, you got to play the game. Like, un understand, like, you can't take everything personal. He said, play the game and, and read through the message. So once mm -hmm. he told me that, then that made the most sense. So now that was a good point. So speaking of that, listen, this show is called Upsets and Underdogs, yep. right? And this is where we love to celebrate the uh, underdogs. I want to ask you, what was the biggest personal upset in your life or career? And how did you overcome that? So let's let's go with career. What was like a challenging, adverse situation in your career, and how did you overcome that? Well, I think that, I mean, just a number of things. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I love the title. I love the concept of what you guys are trying to do. You know, for me though, uh, you know, I dealt with, you know, addiction, sobriety. You know, at a young age, right? You know, so at at the age of twenty three. You know, I was trying to find myself in the league and trying to overcome that, trying to get the tools that I would need. Um, and I'm very, very thankful. September 21st, 1990 was the day that I decided to give it up. And um, over 30 years now, you know, very, very. So, you know, you have to come up with a system. And you have to break old yep. habits. Um, so for me, those were the I mean, you, you have a lot, but that right there from a practicality and what I do on a daily basis to still survive um, and understand, and utilize those tools. I think that right there, finding sobriety was the, you know, that was overcoming a lot for me. No, that's that's outstanding, man. It's um, it is tough. And, and I, I love that. I love that situation. Our next segment is called Top Dogs, right? This is where we highlight some of the most intriguing underdogs a week Four. So we're going to get right into these games. Chiefs are a seven and a half favorite uh, at the Eagles. Ticket and money count. 82% of the tickets are on the Chiefs. All the money coming in um, is also on the Chiefs. 94%, mm -hmm. which is yep. crazy. So Andy Reid's going back to yep. Philly. Also, they, we, get, we get to see the Kelsey brothers play mm. together. And but the the problem is the Eagles offensive line. We're bringing my boy uh, Nick Diaz here. He's he's my gambling guy here. We'll bring him in here. So uh, really quick, Nick, I want to ask you well, all these injuries. What the, the Eagles are dealing with. Why is that important in terms of sports betting, Nick? So last year, Philly had the most injured offensive line in football. And then coming into the year, all their guys were healthy. And you saw how dominant they were in week one. But since then. Now they're on a second right guard. They've lost a tackle. Right. They've lost another guard. I so in Molo, sports yeah. betting, it's called cluster injuries when it's a bunch of injuries to one position group. Now you got backups as starters. 
You got backups to the backups as backups. It just becomes a mess. That's wild. Um, and then also, too, we're going to get to the, the Chiefs. Mahomes has never lost three games in a row as mm-hmm. a starter. But they've been struggling. So, Chris, I want to ask you, what do the Eagles, who are the underdogs in this game, what do they do? What do they need to do to win this game? Well, you know, to me, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go. We've already discussed the offensive line, um, and that's going to yeah. all be put into question. Kansas City has struggled um, in run defense. Um, you know, so for me, the first thing I'm, I'm going to try to divide the game up. In the NFL, the plays <laughs> – Offensive, defensive plays about 65 to 70 plays. Right. I'm going to make sure that I run the ball, bro. We got to run the ball 40 times. Now, I don't care if Jalen Ramsey has a, I mean, Jalen Hurt, I don't care if he has a long career after this game, but I'm getting ready to try to win this game. <laughs> but, but today? I, I don't care what he does in the future. That's, we're, we're running zone read today, okay? <laughs> this is, I need you to turn in to Lamar Jackson. Because they don't have a sophisticated enough passing attack. They don't have guys on the outside that can just make a difference without some type of scheme, some type of rub, some type of blown coverage. They don't have a number one receiver at this point. Right. Now, one of those young guys might develop, but they don't have a guy that can take over the Kansas City game. So you know you can't. Right, because Devonta Smith, he's been on Rudder So you know you can't get into a shootout. So I got to shorten the game. I got to Belichick parcels it. I got to keep that clock tick, 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 tick. And I'm running RPOs. I'm running quarterback reads. I'm running a three-read option, faking it to the back. I'm able to roll out and run, and then I can still throw it. I'm doing all those things at least 40 plays. Straight drop back, maybe 20 to 25. That's the only way they're going to be able to get out of the game with a win because Kansas City is coming back with vengeance. Like they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're they, definitely yeah, they, they had coming a, back with vengeance, and it's a holiday. Philadelphia Eagles gift wrap after that game on Monday night. That was a poor showing in a rivalry game on Monday night. Get embarrassed and everything. So they will have professional professional pride, but I don't think they can cover that seven right there. So if you got a little shekels on the side, go ahead and lay it on Kansas City on the road. Yes, I know home underdog. I understand all those things, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> Nick, any gambling <laughs> insights? So Nick, it's not really supporting. It's it's not really supporting the Hall of Famers take though with a one and seven against the spread record are the Chiefs in their last eight right. games and are all five and one against the spread on the road. And will it's something we've been highlighting about that standalone factor. Everybody is echoing the same sentiment as Cece over here where the Eagles look so bad on Monday Night Football. So now, I got to ask you, Will, what do you make of the Eagles those last two games that we've seen them? You know what? So we're going to talk about Dallas coming up uh, next. I I thought Dallas should have done what they have done because they're that talented. Like, this was a game to let the NFL know, like, we're legit. So they they had to blow Philly out. Um, Philly, they're in a situation where they're trying to figure it out. You know, Chris said everything right. You know, they don't have a prolific passing attack where they can guys can just get open. Yes, they have Devontae Smith, but he's young and he's he's getting getting he's in rub routes, he's in stack where they're running switch routes to get open his first touchdown. 
His first touchdown was a switch. I mean, but he gave up a touchdown when he fell down. They got the speed out on him. The coaches already told him two yard splits inside the number. That's a dead giveaway. Where else you gonna go from in there? You're two yards inside the inside the the top of the numbers, not the bottom, bro. The top. Well, Jalen stared that one down too. Like he looked, he didn't even look to the safety. He looked at the receiver the whole time. Listen, man. Let me tell you my job as a receiver. If I run a four Make three right. and you sitting on top of me, I mean his homeboy and out from Alabama was sitting on top of him. He wasn't afraid of him running past him. So for one, he need to be able to tell the offensive coaches and the quarterback, hey man, this dude is breathing on me. So be careful. If we right. have if we have single free, be careful. Make sure you miss on the outside. But hey, coach, let me get a takeoff on him and I'll do that from a nasty split. He would have breezed past him. You know, so, right. you know, at, it's he's got a long way to develop to being a, a number one wide receiver. But go ahead with you. He needs a, he needs to listen to wide receiver one. That's what he needs to do. Go on that podcast. Devontae. <laughs> so we're going to go with these picks. We already know Chris pick. He got the Chiefs. You know what? I there ain't nothing inside of you I'll, that would say give Philadelphia seven points. You don't like it. You don't well, like for them for, in, in terms of them. In terms of them covering, if they don't get no pass rush, <laughs> their linebacker's been suspect the last two years. All right, you know Brandon I was going to say Philly. I'm going to say that defense is going to hurt them. I'm, but against the spread, they've been disappointing me. The Chiefs, but you know what? I'm a change. I was going to say Philly. I'm going to say Kansas thing? City. Nick, who you got? Hey, Nick. If you, Nick, if you don't to... have anybody to personally hold your action, you can text me, and I'll book it for you. I'll be, I'll be the house. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Philly, though. I, I disagree. I think that prime time factor is gonna play a role. And you're right, CC on on Miles Sanders had two carries. We can't have that. If we want Philly to play well, you can't have him having two carries. So. I'm gonna take the points. That's an early game on Sunday, one o'clock game after a Monday night. So before we go on to our next segment, though, we're gonna have a little fun. We did, we did, we didn't have like a. It wasn't really a back and forth or anything, but you were on Pat P's show, Mm -hmm. and you said Tyreek Hill is the best fast football player. Right. Okay. The best fast football player, and I chimed in. And I said, I think Dion is the best fast football player. Right. In our conversation. I, and you said wide receivers I mean, only. We were, <laughs> in, in our conversation, that's what we were talking about. I mean, because they're, you know, okay. Dion would be amongst the fastest people. And when he has the football in his hand, when the ball's in the air, Prime is in a, he's in a class by himself. But the one thing that I have to be careful, I have to be careful that I blend the modern day game in with the game that I saw and um, and just respect the people covering the game. I've been associated with the NFL for the last five decades. I was drafted in 87, right. played in the 80s, 90s, and 2000, and been covering the game for the last two decades. So for me, I just believe that the modern-day fan, not the old-school fan, like they need to be blended into the game. So I try to <laughs> have people from our past with the current players that are playing because – the most important thing about the game now are the players that are playing. It's not the players that play. Right. At least that's my thought. Um, so in doing that, um, we didn't have prime time in the conversation. 
But yes, Primetime is definitely one of the fastest guys I have been on the field with. He's definitely the best DB that I've ever gone against. But is he faster than Daryl Green? I don't know about that. Like Daryl, right? But I, but I liked, but I liked your point when you said, right? There are guys who are lights out fast, but Tyreek is able to change directions as if he ran a four seven. Yes, and there's a lot of quick. Dudes. You know what I'm saying? He, there's a lot of small quick right. guys that can only play in the slot. Right. This guy, he's defied all those stereotypes. And for me, that's what I was right. trying to highlight. And you know right now, if you have – okay, there's open field in the NFL, and I can drop one yep. player on the field and give him the ball in open field, it's not even a question. It's Tyreek Hill. Like, it's 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 it's, it's not. That third down and long he picked up in Super Bowl uh, – two Super Bowls ago. Yes. I mean, my goodness, there's only a few guys going to throw that, and there's only a few guys going to be able to catch that one. Great play design. But that crossing round and also very, very fast guys typically have to stay on the ground. I mean, they're, they're right. ground friendly. And when they elevate. Right. He's getting he's getting jump balls at five, eight, whatever and, and he catching is. Them in his <laughs> I'm talking about full extension, yes. not body catching it, breastfeeding the baby and everything. I'm talking about skills, pop, catch, snag. And um, we've been playing this game 101 years. And when guys have skills that, oh, they're in the breath of the first three or four people that you talk about it, man, we should be talking about that. And that's no who Tyreek and totally agree. Prime knows. He knows. I've been I've been saying this for 20 straight years. First question, who's the best DB you ever won? I said, okay, slow down. First, I've, I, I've, now I've gone against six Hall of Famers. But Dion and his approach to the game, his psyche. He's got longer arms than people realize, too. Dion can reach out and touch right. you and pull his hands back. He's got a several approaches. He can shadow you. And then he also has what very few people have, make you think you open. Oh, I'm going to make you think you open. Right. Bait the quarterback. Right. And then, <laughs> because they weren't thrown over there. So he said, I'm going to leave you open yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, so I don't know. Very good. You know, much respect, but. No, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to to to, to battle with you. I'm just really. No, we were having fun. I, I'm all about healthy discussions. I don't. I don't. But do now that, you so, see, my yeah. Approach. So that's why I, I love. I love talking to you and having fun with that. So yeah, I love that. It can go either or. All right, let's go to game number two. We got the Panthers at the Cowboys minus five favorites. Panthers are undefeated. Uh, ticket and money call 51 percent of the tickets. And 60% of the money are coming in on the Cowboys. Uh, the Panthers, they did have extra time to prepare and, you know, heal up, except for CMC. You know, Christian McCaffrey's out with his hamstring. Uh, like I mentioned before, Cowboys are showing up. Um, I'm really I'm really liking what they're doing, especially from the defensive perspective. I felt like the first game against the Bucks, they just could not communicate well. But what I did like from the defense is that they were flying all mm -hmm. over the place. Also, too, people were on – Zeke's head about he's a top paid back. He needs to get the ball, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, like they're just trying to win the game. They got a two headed monster. Like, let's yeah. roll with that. And so, so I really, really like what they're doing. As I mentioned before, they were supposed to blow Philly out. That's what you do with a lesser opponent. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that. And then Dak just, I, I mean, he just picked up right where he left off when he got hurt. I mean, he looks absolutely outstanding. But that's, this is how Dallas should. Look, I'm going to ask you, CeCe, Panthers, what do they need to do in this situation to win? Well, I believe this would be a subject in the national media um, 
at least for half the season. And that's the Panthers defense. If you look at the draft capital, man, the last three years, man, that they have spent on the defensive side. And I love that Matt Rule coming from Baylor, offensive guy, you know something? Yeah, I'm going to be prolific on the defensive side. I'm going to start. I'm yes. going to learn how to shut some guys down before I figure out this offense. And he feels like he's got the quarterback in Darnold, who you could see the potential that what they had in New York. But if you don't protect the guy, these young quarterbacks going to get knocked out of the league. So what we should be looking for is a, a nasty defense that you talked about Dallas runs around and gets after it. And the one thing I was surprised about Carolina, they've been one of the best tackling football teams I've seen in the first um, three right. weeks of the season. So you don't see too much yak. You know, if a guy does catch a ball, you know, you see him pretty much immediately um, going down. So they've been able to put pressure on the quarterback. They've been able to get good play on the back end. Um, watch the guy, C.J. Henderson, who they just traded for. Yeah, they traded for. I love C.J. I love C.J. Now he's getting that second um, second win um, there in Carolina. The Carolina coaches talked about him this week, said they've been in love with him for a long time. So helping that defense on the back end um, after, uh, after my man uh, Joe Horn's son gets hurt, breaks a couple bones in his foot. But that defense is worthy of talking about and Sam Darnold resurrecting his career. Um, there, even th- without um, Christian McCaffrey playing um, in that lineup, that really speaks volumes of really positive things that are going on in Charlotte. No, it's huge, and and I can see you know a change of environment is always a good thing, especially in the NFL when things aren't going well yeah. in your previous situation. We talked about Sam, but yeah, like CJ going to Carolina could be huge for him. It, kind of, it reminds me of when when Minka got out of Miami and went to Steelers. Mm. You know, he he went there and and just flourished. Right. You know. And so I, I can see something like that happening. We got uh, Chuba Harbor coming in from OK State. You know, he's in for CMC. So that's that's interesting. Uh, so, Nick, any uh, gambling insights for this one? I mean, if you've been back in the Cowboys and the Panthers so far through three weeks, you'd be undefeated. Both teams three and oh against the spread. Dallas six and one against the spread. Their last seven games. The sports books do not like that. <laughs> Cowboys, America's team, public team getting a lot of money there. But also we got Carolina undefeated in their last eight games against the spread on the road. Will that's that's like that's insane. And hey, I'm like, gonna tell you guys if you want to watch something, go back and watch Carolina versus Jameis Winston in New Orleans. Because this wasn't no regular defense. I mean, they came up with some different looks. They even did some things from a stunning on the defensive line that is very very college ish. But they, the Saints, and the Saints are very physical up front, defensive line and offense run. They smashed right. the Saints. So just watch. Dallas's offensive line, to me, has been overrated the last several years, and we know that they're hodgepodge on that defense trying to create a pass rush. So those matchups, I think, will be the most interesting part uh, of Sunday's matchup. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, I think the best way is how do you defeat a – Good defensive lines, you get the ball out quick, and they have a bunch of yak dudes on on offense for right. Dallas. So, I, I like um I like Dallas in this. You know, I, I like them in this with the with the minus five and a half. Chris, now, I'm gonna you? go with the underdog in this one. I expect it to be a field goal game. I expect it to be a back and back and forth. I believe that you know Sam Darnold and 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 watch, watch my guy Robbie Anderson. Watch them start to connect more down the field. If they add that to their already fairly. DJ Moore in that intermediate passing game, especially because McCaffrey might not be in there for several weeks. 
They're going to have to rely more on that passing game. So I look for Carolina, not necessarily to win this game, but really show themselves on the first national media stage. How does that franchise go to Dallas and travel? I think that that will help this team as they because they got Tampa Bay twice. They got New Orleans again. They're going to play in a lot of big time games. But as you know, Will, right. man, sometimes you think you're ready for prime time. Let's see if Carolina is. I do believe that they cover mm. At that stadium, too. Yes. Nick, who you got? I'm with the Panthers as well as, as Chris Carter. Smart. He's I like, I like the spot since we got on the line, man. Nice, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> listen, Nick went 3-0 and on me last week. I got I to gotta listen to him sometimes, man. All right, very good. We're going to go to game three. Uh, Cardinals at the Rams. Rams are minus four and a half favorite. This is this might be a, an explosion, man. Right now, this is interesting. The Cardinals are getting seventy three percent of the money, and the Rams are getting fifty five percent. Before we get into anything, Nick, talk to me about that. So, the reason why I think this is happening is because this is a unique spot for the Rams, where they're coming off their biggest win since. Going to the Super Bowl, I think, in my opinion, when you factor in Matthew Stafford going there, you're playing the defending champs. Will, we highlighted this scenario last week going into that game against Tampa Bay. So it seems like the professional betters, when we're looking at the money being so significantly swayed to the Cardinals, maybe this feels like a letdown spot for the Rams. Maybe they were so into that game against Tampa Bay. Now they're number one on everyone's power rankings. (laughs) They're the NFC favorite, but they're, in some but they're spots. built for prime time. Like this, this is like this is what it would be like to go to a Lakers game when they're like balling. Like this place, they're back in LA, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the stars are out now. The stars are going to be on both sides, Chris. I mean, this receiver galore Man, in this game. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right? AJ Green had a hundred yards last week. They forgot. People forgot. People Man. forgot. It's not like the Rams can't play better. Like, there ain't no answer for D-Jack. There ain't no answer for Cooper Cup. Like, the way they call Robert Robert Woods didn't even get started. I know Tampa's defense is better than Arizona's defense. So, to me, this is about who can get to the pass. Can Chandler Jones, can him and that pack that they have, can they get to Matthew Stafford? Because... I know Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is going to eat up the interior part of, of the Cardinals' offensive line. So I know he's going to get there. So I know a lot of things the Cardinals been doing week one through three. They ain't going to be able to do. Why? Because that dude. <laughs> and Jalen is the best cover but, guy that we got but in this- the league. And they're playing him at the star position and sometimes at the corner. Oh, they're getting all their money's worth out of. He's like one of those old college safeties. How good is he? He on the strong side of formation. You could always find him. So, yeah. But that's but that's how he was at, at Florida State. Jalen did the exact same thing. He only had three picks in college. Why? Because he was too busy destroying whatever the offense was trying to do. He was blowing up formation. Right, and so Raheem mentioned, Raheem talked about, because he coached yes. Rondé. Mm-hmm. He was like, I, you know, that role Antoine Winfield, you play right. that Andrew, role. You know, Charles Woodson. Those guys were smart. Those guys were good. No, that's a big okay. dude. That's what people he has understand. A Hall of Fame body. He's a smart football player. <laughs> Hall of Fame body. Okay. He's like, listen, hold on. Hold that thought for the body huh? part, right? Look, 
No, hold that one thought real quick. I met Jalen when he was 16 years old in Tennessee. We did a football video together. He was a high school kid. I looked at him. I looked at his dad. I said, he's going to be a first-round pick. <laughs> his dad said, wow. what do you mean? I said, he's 6'1", 185, and he's right. 16. Yeah, there's plenty of room left. That's a, you, I, I, I coached at St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale and coached, coached a bunch of pros, but the Bozer brothers came through mm-hmm. there. Um, I went to college with their mom, Cheryl. And, um, yeah, at a young age, man, I don't like to put it on kids, but I just said, you know, I told the mom, hey, I plan on doing some travel. <laughs> you know, All right. Speaking. No, yeah, you call it how you see it. It is what it is. In your background. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, so – what, what does Arizona have to do to, to win this game, Chris? For one, they can't afford to turn the ball over. I think momentum is a huge part. That SoFi Stadium, I have been there. It is unbelievable. And what a showcase. And, and I do believe that the lack of Sean McVay talk the last couple of years, all the boy genius. Man, he showed me something last week. And you don't see this too often. I've seen it a couple of times. When Randy Moss scored his first touchdown the first week of the season, Bill Belichick ran halfway down the sideline. Yeah. I asked Randy, <laughs> what did he say? And he said, that's why I brought you here. Yeah. Sean McVay, when you see what he was doing with D-Jack, because D-Jack's coming back, he's from Crenshaw, he's coming back to L.A., and there ain't no filler. He's to like, the crib, Like yeah. coming back to L.A. And Matthew Stafford has been battered, been bruised, been playing – um, basically in the CFL with the Detroit Lions. Like, he is Cutting underrated. <laughs> no, seriously, man. You know there's off. No, there I know what you mean. Yeah, I know NFL, what And there's off-Broadway. <laughs> I used to tell Larry Fitzgerald, man, you in Arizona, before they got Kurt Warner, man, you off-Broadway. I said, man, we barely He was, a, he was an eight-mile. He was an eight-mile in Detroit. <laughs> so that marriage right there, I believe, is special and could lead to some championships. But they're really talented. They got a great defensive scheme. You talked about the defensive coordinator, Raheem. He's underrated as a coordinator and his relationship with players. Players will do what he tells them to do, even if they don't believe it's what's best for them. And I think that's underrated. To convince Jalen to do what he does. And Jalen's a strong personality. That says everything right there. Very good. Very good. So, who are we picking, Chris? I'm going with the Rams, man. I'm going to be rolling with the Rams for a while because I believe in talent and I believe talent matches up scheme. If you look, um, if I close my eyes and Matthew Stafford and um, <laughs> and Sean McVay, and if they had a baby, it, it looked like Cooper Cup. <laughs> that dude, that dude is meant for that system. Like he is a straight baller and all that type of play action. So I'm going to go with the Rams. Nick, who you got? And any other insights here? Don't steal, don't steal my lines either. I'm watching all y'all stuff and everything. So. Listen, man, we're just learning. That's all it is, man. We take and learn, baby. <laughs> Chris, as someone who is financially invested in the Rams futures market, I'm loving everything that you said about them because I'm, I'm a big Rams guy this year. And this game is very interesting, fellas, because we got the two current favorites to win NFL MVP per win bet. We got Stafford at yes. plus 500. We got Kyler Murray at plus 600. So that's going to be a nice subplot in this game as well, Will. But for me, this usually is a game where i rather just sit back, relax, and enjoy the fireworks. But having to choose, I think I'm going to go with the Rams as well. Looks like all three of us are going with the Rams. 
I like it. We're on the same page for this one. All right, game four. I'm excited for this one too. Raiders at the Chargers. Chargers are a minus three and a half favorite. Uh, Nick, we got the ticket money count here. Yeah, so I got the Chargers are getting 61% of the tickets while the Raiders are getting 53% of the money. A slight disagreement between the pros and the Joes, one of your favorite words, Will. (laughs) And you got any other subplots for this game? This is interesting, man. Um, you said the Chargers' first home game in their new division on in their new stadium on prime time. So mm-hmm. we're excited for that one. Um, the OG Derek Carr is holding it down for the AFC West, more than holding it down um, against the young buck, Chris. What do the Raiders have to do? Here's the thing. First of all, before I ask you this again, this is interesting for the Raiders to be that like that kind of an underdog because they had probably the most impressive wins thus far. Uh, the Raiders have been amazing. And when you are trying to turn around a franchise, you're trying to turn around a culture, winning games becomes important. You, you can't, oh, we got close. Like, even though they got a little bit of luck on their side, that the good teams do have luck on their side. Right. They win those close games, right? Yeah. They started showing me some maturity because on a short week, Lamar, in Baltimore, now you're talking about top to bottom, man. That organization, they know how to win games. Hell, preseason games, right? <laughs> regular season games. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> Shoot, they know how to win games. So that win right there is huge. The emotion. I was in Las Vegas, man. That stadium was, it was out of control. And for, and for them to flip it around <laughs> in five days and go to Pittsburgh, Man, they annihilated the Steelers, man. That game, that game wasn't even close. Like it, it, it like it, it, it wasn't even as, as as close as like the score. But those are the types of things that I'm looking for because we're gonna get beyond. One of these young teams is gonna start winning. Like they're gonna have to learn how to win. So you're like, hey, man, what do you do after a big game? Right. This might be the team we're talking about the next couple of years. You know. So for me, I think um, is the margin. It's above three points, right? Three and a half. I yeah, I'm, I'm, I got to get those three mm-hmm. and a half points. I'm going to take those three and a half points. I, I believe this division, a divisional game, how tight the games have been already in the NFL season. Um, I don't believe you can give away three and a half points in this. But I do think it's fairly fishy that the money's on one side and the percentages are on the other side. So watch those people in Vegas. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Nick, any insights? Yeah, these two teams have played each other really well over the last couple of years. In the last 10 meetings between the two sides, 5-5 five and five record. And I think one thing to echo what Chris is saying is we're going to find out really fast about this Raider team because you can make the case and you know people feel different about what it could have, should have, but they had some luck on their side too. Winning two games yes, in overtime, that's not a trend that always... yeah yeah so we're gonna find out a lot about this and i think uh we're gonna realize whether the raiders are for real or not i want to make one other point yeah no go ahead Um, i think it's very important um what john gruden is trying to create there in vegas is really special not not just because the new stadium and everything but they have the first openly gay player and he makes a sack to seal game number one. All right? 
He got two players recovering alcoholics, Crosby and, and the tight end. Both of them um, are being celebrated because they've turned their lives around. When you create that type of love in the locker room, I don't know how many wins, but I do know now you can recruit. You can go outside and say, you don't have to be perfect, man. You don't have to have all your shit yep. together, man. Like, we don't have all of our stuff together, but it's accepted. It's embraced. But also, we can get you any type of help that you personally might need. So what they got going on with the Raiders, man, don't don't overlook that. You know, I'm a guy that came through something like that. And those locker rooms are pretty special where you don't have to be perfect. And you can talk to people about your mistakes and your flaws. And the other thing for the Chargers, the Chargers coach, they asked him, why do you go for it on fourth and eight, fourth and nine? He said, because my quarterback is a gangster. Okay. Period. That's it. <laughs> Period. That's he can get into he can he can get into all the measurable. He said the win. No, he said my quarterback. And I don't know how many times in the last twenty years the dude used the word gangster, but it will never be more important in that locker room. Will just imagine that you listen because we all listen to the coach's press conference. Everybody say, "Oh, I ain't listening for to sure." The you better listen to the coach, and they say the same stuff, and they say the same you, stuff usually. You better listen to the coach because every once in a while he got a message to the team. And that right there was a yep. message to the NFL. And Chris Carter heard it. And I took note. <laughs> no, and, that, and that's, that is what's up, man. So me, I'm going to do the same thing. I got the Raiders, man. I'm a, I'm, I like that. I like the number there. Nick, who you got? I'm going to go with the Chargers. That quarterback is a gangster. My guy, listen, hey, that was that was good. That was well done. <laughs> <laughs> now, this show was brought to you by the fine folks at WinBet. So, before we go any further, I just want to remind you that on the WinBet mobile app, you get access to unique markets like NFL yardage leaders, exact season wins, and Super Bowl matchup props. Nick, the last one is one of your favorites, isn't it? Yeah. So, WinBet, if you go to the conference championships for the AFC and the NFC. You could pick the two teams, Will, that you think can go to the Super Bowl. You could put a nice little wager on it. And one that is jumping out to me and one that was very enticing from the beginning of the year, and still you can get some great odds, is SoFi in LA. We got two teams in each conference. An LA Super Bowl, Will. What do you think of that? Um... I mean, it it's would be interesting, cool. no? It would be cool at LA Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know how the San Diego people would feel about that. <laughs> they better jump on the bandwagon. Plus fifty nine fifty on the odds. So that's you know close to sixty to one odds for a Super Bowl like that. That's really cool. But they're both playing well. So that's W Y N N B E T to set the odds in your favor. Download now and start winning with WinBet. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's get back to the show. It's time to make our picks for underdog of the week. This is the dog we think has the best shot to upset their opponent. My underdog of the week. I'm going with the Raiders. Nick, who's yours? 
This is gross, Will. Very gross, but I have a gut feeling that the Jets pull an upset on the Titans this I'm, week. You know, so I'm gonna Chris, go with the Jets. No, Chris, Nick, Chris, who you got, hey, man? <laughs> I might go with the Lions, man. The Lions over the Bears. Or do you want me to pick one of the games we talked about? That's not No, you well, can I'm, pick I'm anyone. He picked the Jets. That's a bold yeah, one. I'm going I'm going with the Lions, man. I think Derrick Henry runs for eight hundred yards this week. <laughs> All right, <laughs> finally, we're going to make our favorite pick of the week. This is the team we think out of any team playing that we think is good, is the biggest lock to cover. Um, I like the Cardinals. I think they're the best lock to cover, or they might just win outright. Uh, Nick, who's yours? I'm going with Philly. And Chris? Woo! <laughs> I'm going with the Packers over the Steelers, man. The Steelers stink, bro. <laughs> they didn't look like they wanted to be out there on the field, man. No, but that's what they said. That's what the Bengals said. The Bengals said that they gave up. I mean, that's a, that's a, the receiver said. You know how much confidence when you know I'm playing you later on. And I said you quit. I told your fans you quit. I told your coaches you quit. <laughs> yeah, I ain't worried about you next right. time, bro. Like I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Who we got this week? I ain't gonna watch film this week. Right, I know what's right. I'm getting ready to roll up all you dudes. I'm cut blocking everything. <laughs> That's it. So, hey, before we wrap up the show, let's quickly recap um, our picks against the spread. Mine, I like the Chiefs, Cowboys, Rams, Raiders. Nick likes the Eagles, Panthers, Rams, Chargers. And, Chris, you had Chiefs, Panthers, Rams, Raiders. Very good, man. All right, Nick, you you have a question. Before we let Chris go, you have a question for him. This is your opportunity. I've been waiting to ask this question to a wide receiver for. A decade. You got the you got the perfect guy for this too. I mean, yeah, Hall of Famer. Well, you know, nah, we, we're only going after the not best because of that. You'll hear, yeah. Go ahead. I feel as if there is a huge misconception with the word diva, and it gets thrown out a lot to the media and to the public describing wide receivers. And I think it's incredibly unfair because wide receivers are the first ones to break the huddle. You're the furthest away from the ball. Your entire success is solely dependent on another guy getting you the ball who his success is dependent on the guys up front blocking for him. My question to you is, first first of all, how do you feel about that take? And then as someone in the public, what don't we understand about the wide receiver position? Well, I, I, I think that a lot of the things... <laughs> Listen to the next episode of Wide Receiver One. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the things that you're saying, you know, I can I, I understand. Um, as far as the wide receiver, um, I don't think that the name um, Diva is um, unwarranted. Um, because if you look at the characteristics um, of every player and player grouping, um, it takes a certain mentality to play all those different positions. Um, offense and defensive line, different perspective, per- perspective, different IQ level, different athleticism. Quarterbacks, what they do, how they think and everything, totally different. Linebackers, DBs, talk trash, talk trash. They talk in their sleep. When they babies, they talk in their sleep. Um, different athleticism, different mentality to do the job. Running backs, you know, totally different. Now, as far as wide receivers, I, there's no one on the team like wide receivers. 
And because it's the ultimate team game, you need us. And in this modern era, you need them even more. So I just think over the years, we have had some electric personalities that have brought up a lot of attention. We've also had guys that have cried for the ball and brought negative attention, but it was warranted. Like, it was really warranted. You know, so T.O. is who T.O. is. Chad Ochocinco is who he is. Michael Irvin is who he is. Chris Carter is who he is. Andre Risen. We all are a version of this thing called the wide receiver. But I would say we're very different. I would say we're very selfish. Yes, I believe we come up that way. We are dependent on the quarterback and everyone else. We can't call our own number. But I believe that those attributes help you to be good at your job. If you want the ball, when they throw it to you, you won't take it for granted. So I do believe that wide receivers... Diva's not the word, but different, indifferent, mm-hmm. um, sometimes causing confusion, um, uh, stats driven. I mean, a, a reporter asked me, well, Chris, uh, you know, how important are the stats? I said, well, what else are we keeping track of? <laughs> I mean, if they start keeping track of how much effort that you have out there, how much sweat, how much you lost, all that. I would do it too. But as long as they keep in track of the numbers and then they keep in track of the wins and losses. So um, wide receivers are very, very different. I'm glad they're different. Um, those are the things that attracted me to the position. And that's why we're having more kids play wide receiver than ever. All right. That's it for today's show. Next episode, we'll be recapping how week four went down and seeing how our picks turned out. Chris, please, please okay. let us know uh, where they can find you online. I'm um, Chris Carter, 80. Chris without an H, like Chris Collinsworth, C-R-I-S-C-A-R-T-E-R-80. And Instagram, CC, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer 275. That's my Hall of Fame number. Catch me on Instagram. Hey, Will, keep killing it. Nick, I appreciate you, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm all on your stuff. I'm, I'm watching you, man. I'm a huge fan of you. Somebody turned me on to you last year. And I've been, um, yeah, I've been low-key, low-key um, checking you out. Now that's, that's, that means a lot, man, because I'm a – I pay homage to the legends all the time, man. That's I grew up watching all the NFL films with John Facenda's voice, Steve Sable, Santa Spence, all of that. So I'm a big historian, and it means a lot for you to, to be on this show with me. So I really yeah, I'm going to be the that, first man. one to tell you this, too. Your boy Dion, he's going to be coaching at Florida State in his future, man. Florida State? Happen. I'm Listen. It needs to happen because he lo- they losing all the Florida kids. It needs to happen. <laughs> How many DBs gonna be going to Florida State at prime time? <laughs> all of them, all of them. That's yeah. why, all of them. Hey, I'm 55. I'm getting ready to tell my wife, "Hey, baby, we're gonna try to have a baby." <laughs> Get him in his back, hand behind, hand behind the head. <laughs> All right, don't forget to subscribe, throw us a rating and review, and tell your friends. You can find me at Will Blackman on all socials. Nick, where can they find you? Nick Deus 10 on all social media. All right, man, catch you next time. Appreciate y'all.